I invite you to take your Bible and join with me today in reading our scripture from the book of Ephesians in chapter 4 and uh, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. Uh, today our message uh, continues the theme of fellowship, one of the five purposes of the church. When we think about fellowship, we think about relations uh, relationships and getting through some of the difficult circumstances that relationships encounter. And uh, now we have to deal with conflict. And uh, today's message and next Sunday are both going to deal with conflict and uh, how to um, uh, seek God's guidance because we all deal with something called conflict, whether we want to or not. And it turns out that our Sunday school lesson today concerning Abraham and Lot was about conflict. And we learned I had a, we had a lot of good insights on how to deal with conflict. Uh, before I go any further, I, I want to do something kind of different here. Um, I do want to thank you, the church, for recognizing your pastor on Pastor uh, Appreciation Day. But I think it's important that we recognize all of our staff. And so I would like to ask, first of all, Melissa, where are you? Would you stand, please? There's Melissa right back there. Melissa is the one that leads us in worship every Lord's Day. She's well-prepared, ready to go, flexible, and uh, whatever I can do to help out is the kind of minister that she is. Melissa, thank you so much for leading us in worship at our church. Uh, Darlene, are you here? Darlene was here earlier. Darlene Biddle. She just left. Well, when you see Darlene, tell her I called her out. <laughs> Maybe I'll get in conflict here. Um, anyway, um, Darlene's the kind of person that says, just let me know what I can do. She's always that way. And uh, what you may not know is that back during COVID, she took it upon herself to clean every one of these chairs. It's been 20 years since these chairs have been completely clean. She took it on herself during that COVID time to clean every single chair that we've been eating in and sitting in <laughs> worshiping in here, and she did it just on her own. And so when you see Darlene, give her a big thank you for the way that she serves here at our church as well. Our ministry assistant is Anastasia. We don't call her secretary anymore. She is our ministry assistant, and uh, she is top drawer. She was willing to go and pay her own way to the uh, uh, training that our Kentucky Baptist Convention offers, and she was so motivated when she came back, and she always asked me, what can I do to help? Uh, how can I help you this week? Or, is there anything that you need? And she's always doing that. And uh, Anastasia, thank you so much. We appreciate you and the ministry that you have here at this church. Now, we have several volunteers that we need to be doubly appreciative of. These volunteers show up every Sunday, and they give of themselves. And I'm thinking about Tracy, who plays our uh, piano for us here. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but there are over 400 churches in the state of Kentucky that are seeking a pianist. They are without a pianist, and we have the best. And her name is Tracy Powers. And would you just thank her so very, very much. 
We have a guy that plays the drums back here. His name is Samuel. Samuel, where did you go? Brother, you just keep at it. You're getting better every Sunday. We thank God for you, and you're just getting better at it every Sunday. And I want to appreciate Nick. Where are you at, Nick? Did you run away? Are you still with us? Okay, great. There he is back there. Thank Nick for playing the guitar for us and doing such a great job. Um, he's so flexible. Uh, he can play anything. And uh, just thank you, brother, so very, very much. Uh, it's such a joy to come to Akron and knowing that people are giving their best to worship, uh, to serve the Lord here. And it's just a delight, absolute delight to be your pastor. <clears throat> now, if you would, uh, read along with me and uh, let us pray before we begin. Uh, we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. Father, we thank you for this wonderful church. And we ask, Lord, that your hand of blessing be upon us as we continue to serve you in sincerity and in truth. And we pray, Lord, that we will give our very best because you have already given your very best to us. And I pray, Father, that this message today will encourage someone, uh, challenge someone. Uh, I pray that it will bring insight and uh, fresh uh, uh, insight to someone's life as they are seeking to deal with what we don't like to deal with uh, in order that we have better relationships, and that's called conflict. And we pray, Lord, that you'll be glorified by the way that we uh, deal with it in our life because you leaned into conflict when you came to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray, amen and amen. Well, I'm excited about today's message. There is a book that I'm very dependent upon, and uh, I would recommend it to you. Uh, the name of the book is Conflict in Everyday Relationships. Conflict in Everyday Relationships. Ken Sands is the author of that book, and it's a short read, which I like, and uh, so uh, it's very, very helpful, uh, very, very helpful, and I'm leaning a great deal on uh, his insights, particularly as we talk about the four G's of peacemaking. Uh, so let us read the passage of Scripture here. There is one, there is, uh, excuse me, be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of, of peace. We are called to be peacemakers. God has called each of us to be peacemakers. Now, last Sunday's message in Romans chapter 12 the Apostle Paul said, as far as it is possible with you, be at peace with all people. As far as it is possible with you, be at peace with all people. That means that you and I have a role to play in conflict management. And in order to improve relationships, we've got to learn how to be courageous and lean into uh, conflict resolution. And when I think about leaning into it, I think about the term Baptists. Um, Baptists were born out of dissension and conflict. The fact that we are Baptists says something about the history of conflict in the denomination of our church. Uh, we dissented from the Church of England. Uh, we dissented from the teachings of the Pope at Rome. And uh, we disagreed with their teachings about uh, baptism. Uh, particularly adult baptism and child baptism. And uh, in those days, in 1605, uh, two Baptist preachers in Holland 
uh, baptized each other in public uh, as a kind of protest, if you will, and a public confession of faith at the same time. Their protest was against infant baptism. We did not believe in infant baptism. And the Church of England and the Church of Rome uh, promoted infant baptism. And also, they confessed their faith publicly and um, dishonored the role of the proper pastor and baptized each other. And so that just started a great controversy, and Baptists have been birthed in controversy. And just because we wear the name Baptist, we need to understand that we are birthed in dissension. And so uh, it's a part of our heritage. It's a part of who we are. In fact, in Kentucky, you will find a church called New Fellowship Number 3. <laughs> New Fellowship Number 3. That's the name of one of the churches in the state of Kentucky. That's a Baptist church. And uh, so there's a church that split at least twice and uh, started a new church uh, somewhere. New Fellowship Number 3. Can you imagine? Well, it's a part of our history. And um, we need to learn that there are some breakthroughs and some ways to allow God to work during times of controversy. One of the things that God's going to do in controversy is help us understand uh, what is most important to us. Uh, we don't fight about things we don't care about. We struggle about things that we are concerned about that are important to us. And these kinds of issues are surfaced whenever we are experiencing conflict. So one of the jewels or one of the pluses of leaning into conflict is that we will discover what's really important. What's really important. Uh, some things are not worth fighting about. Some things we just have to let go. Uh, sometimes we're just better off by saying, uh, I'm done with this, I'm ready to move on. But sometimes we discover that the person we're in conflict with is a lot like us. A lot like us. And that we value the same things. And because we value the same things and we're a lot like each other, why can't we build a better relationship with each other as well? And so uh, that's kind of the background for this uh, passage of Scripture here today as we think about conflict and growing and leaning into uh, conflict issues. I don't know about you, but I'm that kind of person that leans to be to avert conflict. Um, I'm the kind of person that wants to run from it. Are you? Um, some of you are the kind of people that just lean right into it and it's not a problem. You just speak your mind and you really don't care what anybody else thinks and uh, there it's just out there. Uh, but others of you, uh, you kind of lean the other way. Well, right in the middle right in the middle, there is a third option. We don't have to flight, and we don't have to fight. In the middle of conflict is a third option, and it's called leaning into conflict, leaning into conflict. Now, when I think about that, I want to think theologically about Jesus and why he came. Now, follow me here the best you can. When Jesus came into this world, the Bible says we were enemies of God. Now, just give that some thought. We were enemies of God when Jesus came. We were in opposition to God. We were uh, not on the same page, and we did not value the same things as the Lord our God did. And because we have sinned against God, 
We were enemies of God. We were at enmity, the Bible says, with God. But when Jesus Christ came, he came and leaned into the conflict that we had with the Heavenly Father. And Jesus himself embraced that conflict. He embraced the wounds that we experience. He embraced the rejection that we experience. He embraced the shame that we experience. He embraced the brokenness that we experience. It is God himself who came to be with us that was the one that leaned into controversy. And when he did that, he did it to say to us, I love you, and I value you, and I want you. If you don't hear me say anything else today, hear this. God loves you. And God has a plan for your life. And the life that God has for you is not a... Is, is, is not a life of rough and tumble. It's a life of blessing, but it will be some struggles. And one of those struggles is learning how to deal with conflict. And when we can acquire the courage to lean into conflict, we're being more like God. And one of the things we discover is those that we lean into conflict with, we learn that many, many times we value the same things. We value the same things. And what is important to us is important to each of us individually and is important to God as well. So let me encourage you to have courage and to lean into conflict because that's what Jesus did when he came into this world to die for our sins on the cross. And he set the example. He wasn't afraid, like me, to, to run, run away from it. He didn't fight it. He leaned into it, and he embraced it. And with his embrace, we discovered God's great love for you and for me. Again, hear me say this. God loves you, and God has a plan for your life. And that life is to live with him in a love relationship that lasts for all of eternity. That's what we learned on the cross. That's what we learned about the faithfulness of God. That's what we learned about the courage of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now let me share with you from the book that Ken Sands has written called um, Controversy in Everyday Relationship. Four G's of peacemaking. Each of these, starts, each, each of these words starts with the letter G. All right? Number one, when you find yourself in controversy with someone, number one, Go higher. Go, G-O, go higher. Go higher. In other words, bring God into this uh, situation that you find yourself. Because there are going to be guiding principles that will serve you well as you go forward negotiating a future with someone that you are in conflict with. Go higher and look for God's values. Go higher and look for God's standards. Go higher and imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus did. When he leaned into conflict and came from heaven to earth, he went higher. We're to go higher also. 
We're to embrace the standards of God. We're to embrace the peacemaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was willing to absorb more conflict, more pain, and more suffering than you and I will ever absorb in our lifetime. Uh, I remember telling God one time, I'm tired of the church controversy I'm in. God, I'm not going to take it anymore. And I said, God, if they strike me one more time, I am going to quit. And you know what I heard? I heard God laugh. That's the first time I'd ever heard God laugh. This was 2 o'clock in the morning in the parking lot in Leesville, Louisiana. When, and I was awake all night, worried about people that were sound asleep and could care less about me. And here I am walking up and down the parking lot telling God what I will do and what I will not do. And God just kind of laughs. God just kind of laughs. And what I learned out of that was, you know, they're not awake thinking about me. Why am I awake thinking about them? Why can't you just let this go and go on to bed? And Bill, that's what I did. I went back to the house and I just went to sleep and I slept soundly that night. Some things you need to go higher by just letting it go. Just letting it go. Not every controversy is worth fighting over. Sometimes you just need to let her go. And, and let God have it. And let God deal with it. And, and let God deal with it in God's time and in God's way. Because if, if you try to solve every conflict you're in and, and uh, try to uh, go face to face with everybody that you've ever had a conflict with, you're going to be doing it all day long, every day of the week, and you're going to get tired of it, and they're going to get tired of you, and you're going to have fewer friends in the world. Okay? So go higher. Go higher. Number two, and this gets real personal. This kind of like uh, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Uh, Isaiah would preach for a while and they'd say, Amen. And then he'd preach for a while longer and they'd say, Amen. And then he'd get real personal with it and talk about how they needed to change and they'd say, Oh me. <laughs> oh me. Uh, this one may be a little more of oh me. Get real. G number two, the word is get real. Get real means on your part of the conflict. Be willing to own your part of the conflict. What is it that you're struggling with, that you're fighting over, that's your part? Where have you offended someone? And are you willing to take that in and make changes? Somebody said one time, and I might have said it here, I don't know if I've said it here before or not, but Anytime you're having a problem, look at yourself and tell yourself, you're probably the problem. You're probably the problem. What that means is not that you, have, may, have, you may not have done something wrong to create the problem, but the reaction that you choose may, compli may compli um, complicate the problem. The reaction that you choose may complicate the problem. And if you will choose to reflect on what's my role and what's my part, then you can change that. And that's the only part of the conflict that you can have anything to do with, that you have any power over, and that's to change yourself. You can't change the other person. You can't change their mind. 
you can lecture all day and they're, they're just as determined to have their point of view as you are determined to have your point of view, but you can change your perception. You can change your part. And one of the great ways to step forward in dealing with controversy is to ask yourself, what's been my role in this conflict? What part have I brought on? What's been my reaction? Uh, what have I done maybe to escalate things? Maybe I just need to go higher and back off. Number three, gently engage. Gently engage. Gently engage. That's what Jesus did when he came. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking upon the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Have this mind in you, he said, which was also in Christ Jesus. So go gently. Go humbly. And when you do lean into conflict, do it with humility and do it, with, uh, uh, do it gently. Gently engaged. And then number four, uh, the fourth G that Ken Sands gives us in his really good book, uh, Dealing with Everyday Controversy, he says, get together. Get together. Take a step to sit down with someone and say, let me share with you my point of view, and I want to hear your point of view as well, because I value how you see things. And when you do that, you're not putting the other person on the defensive. Usually, we confront people by saying to them the word you. Never use the word you when you're dealing with conflict. Use the word I. This is what I see. Help me understand. This is what I'm experiencing. And that way the other person is not on the defensive all the time. And they're more uh, uh, open to finding a resolution, to finding and arriving at a reasonable solution going forward for the future. So let me repeat those four for you. One, go higher. Go higher. Do what Jesus would do. Number two, get real on your part of the controversy or the conflict. Number three, gently engage. Have the mind of Christ. And number four, get together with the person and discuss it and talk it out. And use I language so that they will be willing to hear and not be so defensive about what they think. I hope these have been helpful for, for, for you. At this time in our service, we're going to offer the invitation. And after the invitation, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. And what I want you to consider this morning before the Lord's Supper is to examine ourselves. Lord, is there some adjustment that I need to make in my life before I receive the Lord's Supper that would bring glory and honor unto you? Lord, is there some unsettled conflict that I need to engage in? 
or do I need to just let it go? Lord, is there some area of my life that's not bringing glory and honor unto you? Lord, is there a habit that I have that I'm continuing in, and because I'm in that habit, it's offending other people? Lord, help me to see that. And Lord, help me to change that. And now, Lord, I'm willing to have fellowship with you as I confess to you my need to make adjustments and my need to make changes. Will you bow with me as we pray? Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy that was willing to lean in when we were enemies with you. And by your mercy and by your grace, Lord, we have found salvation. We have found new life. There are some listening here this morning that need to make that step forward and give their life to Christ and do it publicly. I pray today they will not put it off any longer, that we will understand that life is so brief and life is so short. And today is the appropriate time. Now is the appointed time. That there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That today is the day of salvation. And I pray that they'll come while we sing this hymn of invitation. If someone here wants to unite with us from a sister church of like faith and order, I pray that they too will come while we sing this hymn of invitation. We pray this in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.